What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. All right, welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the lead writer and editor for The Viking Age. And as always, <clears throat> I'm joined by my host, Chris Shad, who writes for us here at The Viking Age, as well as Zone Coverage, and bring me the news. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and like this video, and then also follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. All right. Um, before we get to the preview of Week 17 versus the Packers um, and that whole debacle, um, we're just going to take a little look back at everything that happened during the last year with the Vikings. Um, pretty significant year, I would say, in, in Vikings history. A lot of things happened. A lot of changes happened. A lot of good things happened. A lot of memorable things happened. But let's just start at the beginning. Let's go back to January 2022. The Vikings played their last game of the season. Um, I believe it was it a Monday when uh, it was announced that the Vikings had fired Mike Zimmer. That was expected. No one really batted an eye or whatever <clears throat> at that news. But then the surprising news was that well, a little bit surprising was that Rick Spielman was also fired as well as the general manager of the Vikings. Now, I don't want to, you know, go back and look back at some of the bad things that that happened at the end of this 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 Zimmer Spielman era. But you know, I just wanted to ask you, Chris, aside from the you know Minneapolis miracle, what what's something that maybe will always stick out to you the most, or <clears throat> what what describes the the Zimmer and Spielman era of of the Vikings to you? I think it divides into two uh, phases. So you have the 2014 up until the 2017 season and then the 2018 season until the 2021 season. I think that's kind of where this all splits together. Um, the first season or the first era, rather, I, I think it was about the defense, kind of that defense that Spielman and Zimmer had constructed uh, a lot of players developed rapidly under Zimmer. Uh, you have Linville Joseph, Xavier Rhodes, Anthony Barr, Harrison Smith. Like those guys are borderline ring of honor players for the Vikings just because of their role on that defense. Then you have the second half. And I think that's easier for people to remember right now 
uh, give it like five or 10 years. And, you know, people will probably think of the good times with Zimmer and Spielman. But um, I, I think the end, you know, it, it just left a bad taste in everybody's mouth where it was, you know, Mike Zimmer trying to scrap together not eight or nine wins every year and Rick Spielman trading down in the draft trying to replicate his 2015 draft class. So I, I think that there's two different ways that you can look at it. I think right now people are looking at it negatively, especially since how the new regime has fared so far. But I, I mean, it, it was a successful regime that just kind of, you know, it, it ran its course at the end. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It did, it did run its course. It was time for a change. Nobody really uh, disagrees with that. I think with the Zimmer era, um, I think I learned to like enjoy watching defense. I don't know if I've ever enjoyed watching a defense play as much as I did during during the Mike Zimmer era because it was just fun to watch them, you know, just just stop everyone, especially during their heyday when they were one of the best, if not the best, defensive units in the league in 2017 and, and 2018 as well. It was just it was fun to watch them just just shut down pretty much everybody. Um, and when they brought Zimmer in, it, it was it was needed. He the team was kind of out of sorts, didn't have any uh, structure or anything. And he came in and, and put his foot down and said, like, this is how we're going to do things. And if you don't like it, then you're gone. Um, you know, they, they had a pretty good track record as far as like keeping guys in line. There weren't really a lot of off the field problems. Uh, there were plenty of, um, you know, normal Vikings shenanigans. Um, that's just how it goes with this franchise. But as far as, you know, Zimmer was needed when he came and then his style just kind of wore out, which is, you know, expected when it's eight years go by. And he didn't really want to adjust. And so the Vikings went a different direction. Um, but I appreciate everything that he did for the franchise. Same thing with Rick Spielman. He, he did a lot for the franchise as well. And it was just time for a change. Um, and um, it'll, it'll be, I don't know. I think a couple of years we'll look back and, and look at some, like you said, look at some of the more of the, the better moments from, from that era. Cause there's, there's a bunch. And sometimes I think, yeah, we, we tend to remember the the bad moments at first, but there were a lot of good that came from that era. All right, so the Vikings fire Spielman and Zimmer. Then uh, next, after their GM search, you know Ryan Poles leaves. Apparently, he was like the top candidate or whatever. He decides to go to the Bears. So the Vikings hire Quasi Adolfo Mensa as their general manager, uh, formerly with the Browns and 49ers. Um. And then they hired Kevin O'Connell as their new head coach, the former offensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams, who just won a Super Bowl last season. Um, and this is it. This is the new, the new regime for for the Vikings, Quasi and uh, KOC. So when these hirings were made, what what you know what were some of your maybe initial expectations for the Vikings uh, for the the 2022 season? Well, I think expectations were based off of what they were going to do with the roster. And we didn't really know. I mean, yeah. you know, we had looked at this roster in the last couple of years. and We're like, okay, they're an eight or nine win team. So maybe that's where the bar was. But when they started keeping everybody, it definitely was 
eight or nine wins because that's what this team had done. Like you had a couple of pop-up years. You had the 10-win season in 2019, and then you had the 13-win season in 2017. Um, And I also remember, you know, when the announcement that Kevin O'Connell was going to be hired when Jim Harbaugh was here. Then he left and all the KOC news dropped and we're like, oh, they're they're catering to Kirk like this isn't good. Like this, this, this is just buying into the whole, um, you know, I had put it this way. I had Jesse Pierce uh, of Before We Die and Bar Down Beauties on the Homer Horn podcast. And I said that this is like when you give your kids like a two liter Mountain Dew in the basements. And one of them draws all over the other one. And you come back down and you see the mess and you're like, who's responsible for this? And you go, he did it. It's his fault. It's not that that was the Vikings players with Zimmer. Nobody mm-hmm. pointed a finger at themselves. They mm-hmm. all pointed mm-hmm. it at Mike Zimmer. Like he was the evil cancer that drove this team to mediocrity. And it felt like, you know, getting a player's coach, like they were going to walk all like. Basically, I thought they were going to get what Todd Bowles has become. Where it's like, yeah, I don't know, Tom Brady, you want a two week vacation middle of the season? Go ahead and right, do it. Right, like, right, right. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just kind of weird to kind of look back and say, hey, like it, it worked. Is there still like a, this, I have this feeling where there's like a sliver, there's still like a, a sliver of something inside me that, you know, wonders what would have happened if, if they hired Jim Harbaugh. Cause it felt like a really good fit. Yeah. Felt like he could have come in and, Kind of, kind of did what what Zimmer did, but he's more like a player's coach, and he had a good track record in in the NFL with the 49ers. He was doing well with Michigan. He's doing well with Michigan again this year. Um, is there still maybe a a sliver inside of you that that wonders what could have happened? Even even though we know the Vikings have been successful so far with Kevin O'Connell, like what 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 could have happened with with the Vikings if they hired Jim Harbaugh? I think they could have had the same success, but it would be a lot more tense. Like Jim Harbaugh is a player's coach, but he's also very intense. Kevin mm-hmm. O'Connell, he's intense, but it, it doesn't feel like it's, you know, I, not like, I think, not like drill sergeant intense. Like, yeah, like, like Mike Zimmer was drill sergeant intense at times. Yeah. Like you yeah. wouldn't even talk to players who were injured or that <laughs> sort of thing. Like Kevin O'Connell, he can be intense. We've seen him have those conversations with Kirk Cousins on the sideline. Jalen Rager. Yeah, yeah, just that there have been moments, mm-hmm. but the, most of the time it's just kind of okay. Yeah, let's do it again. Like he's very laid back. Yeah, and most yeah, of the time, if that makes sense. A, yeah, well, he's he's from Southern California, so it's kind of the approach. Li- living out here, I I'm very familiar with it. Where it's just like, yeah, that's all right. Um, so yeah, I just I'm always gonna have that feeling. Of like what what would have happened because I thought I thought Jim Harbaugh was a great candidate. Obviously, the Vikings did not. They they were trying, wanted to go in a different direction, and it, it's proved so far to be the the correct choice. But um, I think you know, let's let's move ahead to five years. Will we still look back at um this regime's regime's decision to not blow everything up, kind of like the Bears are doing right now, and, and look at it as the the correct decision, the correct approach for this team? I'm uh, sorry. What was the question? I zoned out for I, a second. <laughs> Will we still look at this this regime's decision to not blow everything up? Oh yeah, not go right. As, you know, it is interesting. Like the alternate universe that we could be in right mm-hmm. now, right? Where we're kind of skull searching, as Matthew Collar calls it, and looking at prospects and everything else. Um, 
Yeah, it, it is. It is weird to think about. And it's like, this worked. I mean, we would have a different tone if, you know, some people who believe that the Vikings should have six wins right now, they wound up having a six win team with this same roster. What would happen this offseason? Like, it would be very interesting to see how Kevin O'Connell would be revered in Minnesota right now and all those other things. Like, if they had gone full Madden rebuild, I think this has been a very long season. Um, yeah, and it, it just would have it would have been very interesting to see where they go from here. It's still going to be interesting to see because they have a lot of decisions to make next offseason. We'll get into that in a second. But I, I think the idea to gut everything, tear everything down, which I was in favor of because I looked at this team and I said, there's not a lot on this team. Like, why are you extending all these players out and kicking money down the road for a team that's hit its ceiling? Um, apparently the ceiling was higher than any of us ever thought. So there's except that. For, except for Colin Cowherd. He, he saw this coming, you know, the whole time. Yeah. Uh, visionary. <laughs> he got one of his 9,000 predictions, right? Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I don't think, I don't think the Vikings thought they're going to be this successful this year. Right. Um, um, and that's not to like discredit their success, but that's, I don't think a lot of people, including the team, people in that building, thought they were they were going to be twelve and three, number two seed. You know, have a chance at the one seed still at this point in the season. Um, I think they thought, you know, maybe we'll have a chance to sneak in the playoffs. Maybe we'll win the North, but not not this. Or or maybe they did. Maybe maybe they were like, we got we got the pieces. We just need you know, we needed someone to steer us in the right direction. Um, but yeah, they have a lot of lot of decisions coming up um, next off season. With some big names like Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Daniel Hunter, Patrick Peterson. Like there's there's a lot of decisions that need to come and they gotta pay Justin Jefferson, you know, whatever he wants. Just just give him anything that he wants. Um, but you know, right now it's easy to say, and I but I think it, it will be still the same. It'll look be looked at as the right decision moving forward. So, you know, maybe we should trust this regime. Moving forward a little bit more. All right, let's move into a little bit of things that the Vikings did in the offseason, starting with free agency. They extended Kirk Cousins. A lot of mixed reactions to that. They restructured Adam Thielen. They signed Zedaria Smith. Uh, they signed Harrison Phillips. Resigned Patrick Peterson. Made a couple of other moves. What do you think was the best roster decision made by the Vikings in 2022? I think it was to keep Kirk Cousins, oh, honestly. Oh, my, oh my and, goodness. Yeah, I know. It's incredible, right? Because <laughs> he was the first person I wanted out of the organization back in the offseason. But it wound up working out because everybody's like, well, look at the quarterback. Look at Malik Willis, who, uh, yeah. as we're recording this, just got benched for Josh Dobbs tonight. Uh, so, really? th yes, that actually just uh, showed up on my watch while we were recording. <laughs> so. Um, and that could be the Titans just knowing this game doesn't matter it compared doesn't. to next week when they play the Jaguars for the uh, AFC South title, the prestigious AFC South title yeah. at this point. Um, yeah, I, I mean, think, think of all the options that the Vikings had with Kirk Cousins. Like, you know, they could have traded him back to Washington, although I don't think they were interested in that. You know, there was the rumors with the Colts. Uh, there was that report that the Vikings had looked into Deshaun Watson at one point. 
Um, they they definitely the did their homework everywhere that they the could. Panthers laughing at them. Uh, what's that? The Panthers laughing at them. Yeah, they- <laughs> we're laughing at the rumor ah. of uh, of you know they might want Kirk Cousins. Yeah, we, we don't now. want Kirk Cousins. Why would we want him? Those idiots. I mean, they and they might win the division still, but yeah, but, you know, they yeah, probably just- would have rather had Kirk Cousins. Yeah, it is funny. And then to see Kirk, you know, have that opportunity with a coach that supports him, uh, with a coach that tries to make things easier for him and the team buying into him, like him even buying into himself and his own persona as this kind of dorky dad like figure who's running an NFL team. Like all of those things have come together and we're seeing Kirk in this uh in this Kirk O'Chains mold. So I mean that that has been very fun to see. And I think, you know, if they don't keep Kirk Cousins, let's say they draft Kenny Pickett or I mean, I mean, that's the other thing. Like the 2020 draft class or this draft class in terms of quarterbacks has just been terrible. Like Kenny Pickett doesn't even look great. Like Malik Willis benched Desmond Ritter also bad. Like um, who are some of the others? I, I miss Matt Corral. Haven't seen him all year. Brock Purdy. Right. Brock Purdy, the greatest quarterback ever. If you uh, flip on ESPN these days, yeah, uh, I, I mean, yeah. the Vikings would not be where they are without Kirk Cousins. No, and um, I think I saw yesterday Justin Jefferson hopping on on Twitter and kind of like defending Kirk Cousins. I don't think I've ever, and, and that's seen wild that too because everybody was looking <laughs> into his Burrow comments at the beginning of the year. Remember that. Where he's like, yeah, Kirk, Joe's got more swagger than Kirk mm-hmm. does. And he's like, oh, get rid of him. He's going to want to mm-hmm. trade. He's going to want to trade mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. Now he's like going on, on Twitter and being like, hey, like chill out with this this Kirk slander. And, and I'm like, oh, okay. Who, um, who was that guy, by the way? Oh, like, Channing Crowder. No who? He's uh, Channing Crowder. He was on... Um, he was on the I Am Athlete podcast with with Brandon Marshall or whatever in Ocho Cinco, and now he's got his own podcast with Brian Clark and Fred Taylor called The Pivot, and they were just on first take. So um, they just bring their buddies on. ESPN well, it was just the, it was the holidays, so Ryan Clark brought both of them on, and and yeah, well, did, didn't he say like something about how it was like Kirk Cousins' fault that they were, you know, they had some weaknesses, and it's just like. Have you been watching this at all? Because you clearly haven't. He's got eight fourth quarter comebacks, which is the (laughs) most in a single season since Matthew Stafford Mm -hmm. in 20, I believe it was 2018, maybe 2016, something like that. But yeah, I I don't know. They'll let any ex-athlete on. Like Monica McNutt uh, is doing sideline reporting for ESPN now. And like her interviews are basically just like, Babs, what you doing? Uh, yeah, you doing this thing, and uh, you, you know, it, which makes me upset because I know people in the industry who are sideline reporters and more talented. But because she was in the WNBA, she has a job. So, yeah. well, that's how it goes a lot of times. Um, let's see. I the best move the Vikings move the Vikings made this offseason. I would say. I'd say signing Zadarius Smith. I think he's added not 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 only uh, a good element to the Vikings' pass rush, which they needed, um, but he's just added something to the locker room as well. Just uh, someone the people can turn to as far as a leader, um, someone who seems to always have a smile on his face, always trying to find like the positive and everything 
trying to get a laugh out of everybody. And, and you need those guys in the locker room, especially when, you know, you get you get blown out by the Cowboys. You get blown out by the Eagles. You need someone like Zedarius to be like, it's all right. We're still going to, you know, it's, we're playing we're playing football. It's still a game. Let's have fun. Um, and he's he's been a lot of fun. He's been a kind of a breath of fresh air after, you know, some of the the darkness of the end of the Zimmer era. He, he's been a fun guy and, and it makes it even better that he used to be on the Packers. Um, so the fact and that the they Packers are to, paying him to be here. Yes. Yes. And, and, and they don't get to use him. Um, and I think he's just been, been a really good, uh, addition to not just the field, but in the locker room as well. All right. What was the worst move by the Vikings roster move by the Vikings in 2022? I think I know what you're going to say, but, uh, I would say it's extending or giving Adam Thielen a raise, uh, because yeah. I don't know that Saturday and I know they're taking him off the field to manage his snap counts. That's fine. He had one catch for six yards yeah. on Saturday yeah. and, uh, he ran a bad route on that fourth down and like, well, he was open is, all day. Uh, he, according to him, probably <laughs> you open, see the clip like, seven 11. Uh... No, I didn't actually. On their, uh, what's it called? Not sounds of the game, but like. Um, field pass? Yeah, field pass. <laughs> yeah, I haven't Keenan watched this week going, yet, but... He was going over like the, the sheets or whatever, the, maybe the film with Justin Jefferson and uh, Thielen. He's like, Keenan McCardo was like, you guys have been are open all over the field. Is that what you're telling me? And, and Adam Thielen's like, yeah, I've been telling you. And I'm just like, I don't think you are. Um Maybe, but, but probably not. You know, I've said this before, and, and this is just kind of my personal opinion. Like, it feels a lot like Zach Parisi in the wild, yeah. where it's just like you have a guy who's a hometown guy. And, you know, probably Adam Thielen's probably a great human. Like, from what I've heard, people that work with the yeah. team, probably fine. It just rubbed me the wrong way, the video where he's like, yeah, can't get rid of me yet, guys. I, I, we wanted to clear cap space and, you know, everybody's talking about her structure and I'm getting a raise. And then he comes out <laughs> and has his worst performance in part in terms of yards per route run in his career. I think it's 1.1 something right now, yeah. which is yeah. not good. Like that's replacement yeah. level. So I don't know. I, I mean, especially when you look at next year with how much money he's making, what happens? Do they go to him and go, Hey, like we, we get it. You're from they Minnesota. You're Yeah. You you have to have that conversation <laughs> with him. And he goes and he goes. No, I'm taking my money. You gotta let him okay. go. You gotta he let cannot, him go. Yeah, or he something. Have, I, you cannot pay him twenty million next year. And look he at cannot. look at all the stuff you have to do next year. This is kind of what I was alluding to. Um, I mean, you have to get a veteran cornerback, probably. Uh, you have to get a deep threat receiver. <laughs> That's probably going to be something you go to free agency for. Uh, something you want yeah. Adam Dillon to be. Uh, and then what do they do at center? Do they pay Garrett Bradbury on a short-term deal? Do they go get a center? Uh, you have to re-sign Patrick Peterson's Darius Smith. Like you need to find money. And right now you're 6 million over the cap for next year. You're 12 and a half million. If we throw in draft picks and all that other stuff that the Vikings have to do. I, I mean, that is the one contract you got to open up the books and go, this ain't going to work, man. <laughs> and maybe Adam Thielen's going to be like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take a big cut because I want to stay in Minnesota. There are players who do that. But after what happened the last time, I'm not sure that's going to happen. So, yeah. honestly, he's been my most disappointing Viking of 2022. Is this the, uh, 
So this is the Walter Payton Man of the Year curse. Um, had it with with what Kyle Rudolph? Did they make yeah. a Did they make a video with uh, Adam Thielen though? They did. They well, they they showed him like doing his his charity work or whatever. I think they followed him one day. And then yeah, and they, they, like their, they learned their mistake with Rudolph. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't like, do like oh, the wow, we can't let him go now because they didn't do uh, the letters thing that went viral yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, they, they didn't do that. They got a little bit smarter. The worst roster decision. Um. Hmm. I don't. I would go with yeah. I'd go with Thielen. I think he just it's time for him to go. Uh, uh, this is a little later, but but trading for Jalen Rager. Um, yeah. Looking back on that, he's got what four or five catches this year, and he gave up some draft picks for him. But he's got those no. thighs, man. Those quads. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you needed a you needed a punt returner. I understand that he's he's been okay. Um. But would he would Naylor really have been that much worse if he had the same role as as Rager um, and Rager, who apparently doesn't want to? We're learning why Rager has been a first round bust. Um, right. We we didn't get a real close look at it because he was with the Eagles, and not a lot of Vikings fans watch Eagles games, which can't blame him. Um, and we learned, you know, especially during the Colts game where Kirk's two interceptions were all of Rager's fault. Um, he ran a different route than he was supposed to on the first one. And then he didn't finish running his route on the, on the second one. So, and then he got no snaps against offensive snaps against the uh, giants. So I think uh, he's probably uh, on his way. It reminds me of, it's like the Chris Herndon trade of, of this year where I can give up draft pick for Chris Herndon last year. He had like four catches. Um, Kind of similar thing with with Rager this year. It was, but sometimes that's how things go. You take a chance on a guy, and you hope things work out. It was a pretty low risk move, but not not a good one. Not a good one. Um, you know, I I was just thinking about this as we were talking with trades. Um, trying to look up his first name. So I so like I think Quasey's done a good job overall in his first year as far as finding talent after the season has started. Uh, you got Kyrus Tonga, who's really been a good defensive oh, yeah. lineman for the Vikings in the middle. Uh, Duke Shelley has been a great pickup to the secondary. And we yep. haven't even mentioned this, the TJ Hawkinson trade, uh, which a couple weeks ago, I'm kind of like, I don't really know about this. And, you know, after his big performance against the Giants, that's got to be one of the best moves of the year for Kwesi. So I think overall, in terms of transactions, Kwesi's done a good job. Um, it's just, uh, maybe the draft class is taking a little longer to develop. Little longer. Yeah. Not going to bat a thousand. We know that with, uh, with Rick Spielman and pretty much ever GM around the league, but he's had some hits and, and he's had some misses, but, um, all right, moving on to the draft. Um, the 2022 NFL draft, the Vikings did have the number 12 pick going into the draft. Um, but then they decided to uh, trade down, and they gave that pick to the Lions, who then went ahead and selected Jameson Williams, wide receiver out of Alabama, uh, I believe. He, used to, he went to Ohio State, but then transferred to yeah. Alabama. Um, and then the Vikings drafted 
former Georgia safety Lewis Seen, who was a little slow to pick up the Vikings defense. I think a lot of us assumed he was going to come in and be a starter. That was not the case. He played mostly special teams, and then he had that freak injury against the Saints where his ankle snapped in half. Um, seems like he's on track to play in 2023, but we're not going to see him again this year. Um, and, of course, you have Andrew Booth in the second round, Ed Ingram in the second round. Um, just just looking back, should the Vikings regret looking back? Should they regret not using their first-round pick to draft a wide receiver? So I looked at some of the receivers that came out in this year's draft. I mean, some of the guys the Vikings didn't have a chance to draft, like Drake London, Chris Olave, and uh, Garrett Wilson. I think if they wind up with one of those three, the answer is absolutely yes. But that would have required a trade up, and the Vikings wanted to trade down and get in the sweet spot of the draft. Um, The seam pick, we're going to find a lot more about it next year, I think. Yep. Um, everything that I've heard is that he's a hands-on learner as opposed to yeah. a classroom learner. So maybe if he gets on the field, he gets some reps, he's going to be a little bit behind. Where does that athleticism, you know, come into play? Does he still have it after breaking his leg in the fashion that he did? Um, you know, I look at pick 34, if we're talking about receivers, because like in the first round, you have Jahan Dotson. He's got 29 catches, 414 yards, seven touchdowns. Modest. Mm-hmm. And he's been dealing with hamstring problems, so there's mm-hmm. something there. Uh, Traylon Burks, that would have been bad. Um, you know, you had the asthma thing at the beginning of the year, and mm-hmm. then, you know, he had a couple of good games, but now he's hurt again. Mm-hmm. You're probably having red flags about that. Um, Christian Watson at 34. Mm-hmm. The Vikings trade down a second time to let him go. Um, I know he had that touchdown barrage. Um and could be a deep threat that this team needs right now. He's been hurt a lot this year, though. He's hurt again now. Yeah, yeah. He's in that same thing. I mean, otherwise, there's not much there in terms of wide receivers. Pickens, like George Pickens, Ty- maybe. Yeah. Ty- I have the list here. Tyquan Thornton, Wandell Robinson, who's like 5'9 and 165 <laughs> pounds. No, shocker, he's hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Machi, unfortunate because he got cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Pickens, Alex Pierce, okay. Sky Moore with two Ys. Bayless Jones Jr., Jalen Tolbert, David Bell, Danny Gray. Those were the day two receiver picks. Not great. Not great. So when you look at it that way, I mean, yeah, the Vikings could use a receiver, but like even Jamison Williams, he hasn't helped the Lions out much. He's he's like a 20% snap count. Just against the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. Just the one. And his (laughs) touchdown happened because the secondary didn't know what they were doing. Cam Bynum. Yeah. Cam Bynum. Next Tom Brady. Yeah. So. Yeah, <laughs> that that was a banger of a quote. This, oh, I this forgot game. about that. I'm gonna go back. There's a lot of things I was looking back and I was making this outline where I just totally forgot, like what happened, like the J.C. Treader stuff. Yeah, how uh, everyone was obsessed with with signing him this off season. Like there was just a lot that I was like, oh wow, like either it was like bad or I was just like, oh, I totally forgot about that. Um, but yeah, um, hiring Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, that was look, he's really nice and he's fun and he's the anti-Zimmer. And there are a lot of like positive all the time. There are a lot of smart people who cover the Vikings. They were like, oh, he is a very good candidate. And you know what? Maybe he can be a good head coach. He never he probably never will be able to do it again because of the disaster that was. But if he 
didn't have to deal with Russell Wilson. If he was given an opportunity like Kevin O'Connell, like if he if he was with the Vikings, I don't think it would have been as much of a train wreck as it was with the Broncos. As soon as they traded for Russell Wilson, expectations went sky high. And I just don't think that team had enough talent to to meet those expectations, especially not a quarterback. We we found that out. And a big reason why I think he was hired was because the Broncos wanted Aaron Rodgers. And yeah. they figured if they hire, you know, his his OC. Aaron Rodgers would come with he's him. He's going to go. And then he didn't. Yeah. And they're like, um, okay. <laughs> we're, we're not going to take the uh, the questionable quarterback. We'll just trade so, for Russell Wilson. He's yeah, safe, I, right? Yeah, I kind of feel bad for Nathaniel. He had to be fired because I can't get rid of Russell Wilson because he's just got so much dead cap on his contract right now. Um I can't but even I get rid of the whole team. The whole team wants to fight each other right now. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So I feel I feel bad for the guy, but yes, the Vikings. I guess you could say they they escaped a, a blunder there and they got they got KOC. But yeah, a lot a lot just just surprising stuff that I just I remember like lots of trading talk with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, the Deshaun Watson stuff. Like there's 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 a lot you did, you don't realize until you look back and you're like all this stuff that happened and you're like, oh, wow, this year could have been so much different. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Looking back, what letter grade would you give to uh, Quasi's first ever rookie class? I'd give it a C-. I'm being a little bit more generous just because That's you generous. see signs. What's that? That's generous. I, I think so, because I mean, look at look at. So, so you didn't get anything from scene and booth this year, right? Ed Ingram leads the league in pressure still, and he's been yeah, a lot better yeah. in recent weeks, yeah. but at least he's starting. At least he's yeah. contributing. Yeah. Like he's had good weeks where you're like, I could see this working. And he's had other weeks where you're like, oh, my God, this is a train wreck. But I mean, the, the thing is, he's on the field. Brian Asamoah now is getting on the field and he's looking like he could be a contributor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb Evans looks like he could be a solid corner. Let's see what happens with Seen and Booth next year. I think I I have more faith in Seen than Booth from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, give them some reps. Hopefully they stay healthy and maybe they start to get it a little bit more. Yeah, I have more confidence in and seen coming back and making an impact than I do Booth. I think Booth's just going to be dealing with injuries probably for a long time. Uh, he has been his entire football career and playing at the highest level. I don't think it's going to make that any better. You know, maybe there's a way the Vikings can figure out how to keep him healthier. But some guys, it's just that's just how it goes when you play football. All right, moving on to the Vikings roster cuts. 
at the end of training camp, at the end of preseason, the Vikings cut Sean Mannion. They cut seven players from their 2021 draft class, including Kellen Mond, Wyatt Davis, Chaz Surratt. Um, as I mentioned, they traded for Jalen Rager. So, you know, looking at the moves they made, how the roster shaped up. Uh, oh, they also cut... Uh, I remember this guy too when I was looking back. T.Y. McGill. Remember him from uh, the preseason? Yeah. And how, like, he was just like the preseason star. Yep. And he got hurt or whatever. Um, so, you know, that, I, I'm like, oh, yeah. I remember all the hype around him. Um, so, how did you feel about the Vikings' chances heading into the regular season with everything that happened? Hiring KOC, uh, the draft, the preseason, the roster shaping up. Just, just how did you feel about the Vikings before the regular season even started? Eight or nine wins. Like, again, same roster, right? And, I mean, we didn't know what Kevin O'Connell would be like as a head coach as far as game management, as far as, you know, getting his play. I mean, winning through the margins. That's what Kevin O'Connell has established. Like, this isn't a dominant team, but it's one that finds a way to win usually. Um, You know, I didn't have have very high expectations once the season started. It was kind of like, okay, and once the wins piled up, I got very excited about their chances. So, I mean, it was kind of like an observation year and seeing how it turned out. It's been a pleasant surprise. You know, I would say winning the division was probably the ceiling I had for this, this team going in and nothing really more. And they've already done that. Um, and that might be the only thing that they do. So, you know, it might meet my expectations. I didn't expect them to win 12, at least 12 games. I don't think anyone other than Colin Coward uh, really did expect that i think we all had i think we all were just it was just a wait and see it was just like we don't really know what to expect like it's an offensive coach he's positive guys seem happy you know will kirk cousins be able to adjust his playing style and not be so conservative and not care about his stats and it's it's worked out uh i would say very well um so looking at this season, the Vikings got off to an 8-1 start to begin the 2022 season. At what point did you realize the Vikings were going to be a contender this season? I think it was the Buffalo game. Like 7-1, and one, you're still kind of like, well, they played a lot of backup quarterbacks and that sort of thing, which if you look at the string of quarterbacks they did wind up playing, I mean, most of them wound up being the starter the rest of the year. Yeah. Like, you know. The Tua, the Tua game, everybody's like, well, he didn't play Tua. Tua looked great on uh, Sunday, but then again, he might have been concussed in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think it was the Buffalo game because you're just yeah. like, wow, this team, like that's a team where they just tuck their tail between their legs if they're coached by Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer probably has a highlight reel at halftime of like everything they did wrong and like screams at him. Like the Colts game too. I, I mean – I didn't get to oh, experience yeah. the Colts game live, obviously. So I think that might be the moment everybody was like, wow, there's something special with this team. I think it was Buffalo because also the week before you had to come back too against the commanders. And we've mm-hmm. seen that from this team before. Like we we've seen this, you know, where they look like they're finally getting it. And then they go out and they get smashed the next week and they got smashed for the first, I don't know, 40 minutes in B- Buffalo or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. And then they came back and win. So, I mean, I think that was the moment where it's like, okay, this team could do something more than just win the North and be one and done in the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think the Bills game definitely was like, okay, like this 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 is not just uh you know, a team that's gonna sit back. I, I think that they they figured out a, a good formula how to win games. They're never out of it, clearly with the, the Colts game. Uh clearly with the Bills game. And like people people say like how the, the fumble at the goal line was a fluke and everything. It's like yes and no. Um yeah. You know, if the Vikings didn't go for the ball, then then the Bills recover and then then game game's over or whatever. But but they 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 fought every second of that that game and that's just the mentality that Kevin O'Connell has instilled into this team. Doesn't care. He doesn't care what the score is. He's like not out of it until it's the clock is zero zero zero, and you have fewer points. Any other team, so that's that's a good mentality to have going in the playoffs, and it's just it's just been a fun season. And you know, what has been your favorite moment of of this season so far? Is there one? That I don't think it's yeah. I don't think it's been one that's on the field. The I think it's thing. you know a lot of things like Kirk wearing the chains on the plane. Yeah. That's obviously <laughs> one of the highlights of the season. Uh, Kevin O'Connell's post-game speeches, like oh, each yeah. and every week. I mean, some of them just kind of sound the same after a while. It's like, you know what, guys, balls. we talk about everything and everything getting better. And you guys, we still got a long way to go, but we found <laughs> a way to win. And I bleep and bleep and bleep, 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 F-bombs everywhere. And that's and then the 61-yarder on Here's Saturday. nine game that balls. Was, yeah. You get a game ball. You get a game ball. Yeah. You get a game. Um, Greg Joseph, 61-yarder. Also, yeah. I mean, that's just a surreal moment for Viking fans because it's like I, he lines up for that on Saturday. And I'm sitting there going like, I guess we're going to overtime. You might as well try it. And then he hit uh, it. And I'm just like, okay. This this um, team, this, this team this year, I knew it sounds so like, I don't know. Disney movie-ish. Pompous or whatever. <laughs> I feel like he's going to make it. Just the way that this team's played this year, everything that's gone their way, it felt like luck's been in their favor with, with Kevin O'Connell on the sidelines, and I was like, he's going to make it. He's he's going to make it. Um, Yeah, there's been just, just – I don't think you can really narrow it down. I think you can just say, like, the the moment has been the entire season because there's just been so many. There was, like, the the double the double doink in, in London – there was beating the Packers in Week One with Zaire Smith talking trash to to uh, Aaron Rodgers. There was, you know, yeah, the sixty-one yard field goal. There was beating the Bills. There's the comeback against the Colts. You know, there's Kirk Cousins return to to Washington and the crowd saying you like that after the the Commanders went ahead yeah. and he, him being like, okay, um, so you know, there's there's just been a lot. A lot of of moments that uh, have made the season very enjoyable, regardless of how it ends. I think that's what some people, some of the critics, I like to like. This team shouldn't be good. It's a fluke. They're you know they're frauds. It's like we're just trying. Like we're after the last few years, we're just trying to enjoy this. Like this is this is fun for Vikings fans. This is fun for the Vikings. Like let let us enjoy this. And also, why do we keep calling them frauds and not being like they're they're defying the odds? Why is why is the yeah. first thing we jump to they're frauds instead of like they're just they're 
doing the unthinkable and beating the odds. That's never that's never what people like to say. Immediately, they're frauds, but whatever. It's it's if it's fraudulent, it's still fun. It's still fun. Fraudulenta. You know what? Yeah. I I want uh, somebody to film Peter Bugowski telling his kids that Santa Claus isn't real because I think that would just be a hoot. Just like. Let me tell you something. Santa is – I am Santa. I make the gifts. I, I have data. everything. Look at all this What's data that? I have. Look at all this data I have to show you why Santa I Santa Claus is Santa. not real. You know, this Santa. is like – this season has been like uh, Friday the 13th movie, right? Yeah. Like people – like eventually, you know, you have the teenagers and they seem to be getting the best of Jason, right? And they, they seem to be avoiding fate. And then they hide in the room full of machetes and like, you know, <laughs> meet their doom. And like Jason wins, right? He just goes on to the next neighborhood and kills the next group of unsuspecting teenagers. That's what the Viking season is like. And people tune into Jason movies not to see the kids overcome and beat Jason, just to see how they're going to get killed off. So, I, I mean, you know what? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't care. I, I don't care <laughs> how they do it. 12 wins is 12 wins. One, like, one of the. Um, most historic dynasties in NFL history, the Patriots, got started because of a bunch of luck. Tom Brady doesn't play if Drew Bledsoe doesn't get hurt. Yes. The tuck rule game that doesn't, you know, that luck. They beat the the Rams by a last second field goal. Like that's just how things go. That sometimes that's how teams win, and you learn to be better in the future. But like. There's a lot of times where teams have just gotten really luck or had luck in their favor. And and it's not as much. It's also not like a thousand percent luck. There's a reason why the Vikings have been in these positions. There's a reason why, you know, they've been able to pull ahead in these games. It's because they're they're smart. They're talented. They're they're going to try and outwork you no matter what. Their coach has the most confidence in them in the world. Like, it's just how it goes sometimes. And. And it doesn't all have to make sense. Like we keep trying to be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Like it doesn't doesn't have to it doesn't have to make sense. It just is how it is in the NFL. Your record is what you are, and that's it. And some people don't like it, but sorry, that's how it goes. <laughs> I'm looking at uh, last year's Green Bay Packers. They had six wins by one possession. Did they have those oh. back? I yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. <laughs> I like this is this is going to sound very Jim Ursay like I like the fact that they're not scared in one possession games. Think, think of like think of the last couple of years like it's just like the teeth you know Kirk's not doing the teeth clenching thing anymore is he because he he knows he's like all right all I got to do is throw it to Justin Jefferson or throw it to TJ Hawkinson like you know his life is a million times easier because Mike Zimmer isn't there anymore. And well, think this it, team just, think it, yeah. they, they're comfortable. They laugh. They, like I, I explained it a couple weeks ago, like in this fashion, like Bret Hart and Mick Foley were two different wrestlers. They had two different yeah. styles, right? Bret Hart was all technical ex- excellence of execution, all that stuff. Five-time WWE champion, Mick Foley, barbed wire, thumbstacks, exploding C4 death matches, <laughs> steel chairs, everything else you can imagine. He was a three-time WWE champion. There's more than one way to get things done. Are the Vikings going to win the Super Bowl? Probably not. But I think that the Vikings can they can get there, and yeah. they haven't done that in fifty years. So and, and listen, that. their 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 ability to come back, win one score games. How do you think that makes their opponents feel every week? They're like, like.
they have to try and over they start overthinking things they start trying to make more plays when they probably should just try and run the clock out and it leads to them making mistakes and the Vikings take advantage of that and they come back so like they came back from 33 points down there is no there's no more leads like that any team can have for the rest of the year where the Vikings are going to be like we're out of it they're, they're, there is not a lead yeah. like even if they are playing the Cowboys and they're down by 20 at half the Vikings are still going to come out in the third quarter and be like we can win. We've done this before. Why? Why can't we do it again? So, I think it the has Cowboys is really the only game that I've watched, and then like, yeah, they're totally out of it. Like this is, <laughs> this is done. It was and maybe the yeah, first half was, against Indianapolis, but that was, you said they came back from that. They're like, yeah. okay, we're down sixteen. Okay, let's let's yeah. go out there and score some touchdowns. Yeah. So yeah, there's it's just, it's a crazy year, and it doesn't always have to make sense. So all right, let's move on to. Week 17 against the Packers on New Year's Day. Kickoff 325 from Lambeau Field. FanDuel currently has the Packers favored by three. Whatever. Um, <laughs> it has, you know I just what? I don't want to play this game because last time they've done this, the pack, the Vikings have just gotten <clears throat> smashed. So, Well, a lot of it has to do with the Vikings playing one-score games, and, and Vegas just doesn't want to. They don't want to lose money on this team, and they're trying to figure out like which side, you know, if they convince people to bet one way, which side is going to make them the most money. And and right now they're like, oh well, Vikings can win, so let's bet on them. And then the yeah. Packers win, they win money. Or if, if people think the Packers, and yeah, it's a lot. Like I've learned this year more than any that Vegas odds aren't really the true like doesn't really it's not a true indicator of which team should win you got to look at other things like the espn forecasts or like 538 and stuff that that better predicts which teams are going to probably come out with a win all right so the packers are favored by three the over under is 48 and a half the vikings will win on sunday got a sunday game now for once if what happens well, if you ask anybody in the national media, they won't because the Packers are just going to roll. That's another thing that bothers me. It's like, why are the Packers all of a sudden like everybody's darlings? It's like you beat Justin Fields, you beat a concussed to a tag of Iloa, and you beat Baker Mayfield, who has Ooh. his current playbook for two weeks. And I again, I on that Peter Bukowski rant, he's like, well, you know, the first game wasn't as close because of the Packers. They, they Christian Watson dropped a touchdown and. You know, they they had a drive start. They had a fourth down, fourth and goal, cover Justin whatever. Jefferson. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> another thing. You know, it, it's just kind of like, hi, Mike Zimmer. Like, why don't you make a PowerPoint about it and tell everybody right. about how it's not your fault? Like, you need to make the plays. You need to make the plays to win. Yep. So yeah, let's let's keep it simple here. The Vikings will win if they make the plays needed to beat the Packers. It's- if they score more points than the than the Packers, they'll win. Exactly. Like it's just <laughs> you know, it's it's just like somebody had like a heater at the blackjack table, right? Like, yeah. you know, you're not gonna sit there and like let's say you're you're up five hundred dollars, you're not gonna pull out most times and be like, Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, you're gonna let it ride for a couple of hands first, right? Like that that's basically what the Vikings are. They're on a heater right now. Does their luck run out? Probably, but for right now, it's just like house money at this point. So Yep. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it's about making the plays. It's about making those fourth quarter plays. And I mean, I'm not afraid of the Packers. 
I, I'm not like this, this whole idea that they're coming back from the dead and they're winning. They're just screwing over their draft possession. They have basically switched positions with the Vikings where now they're, they're not going to get a quarterback. Like I don't tell me about Jordan love either. Cause even if, <laughs> even if he is your starter next year, you have to pay him. And that defeats the purpose of taking a quarterback in the first round. So yeah. 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 yeah I think this, this is the Packers Super Bowl. Um, you know, to quote <laughs> Packers fans, yes. this is the Packers Super Bowl. They're not, they're not making the Super Bowl as yet. <sighs> um, so this is they're hoping, and you know what? A lot of them are like, oh, if we beat the Vikings this week, then we'll get in the playoffs and we'll play them again, and then the playoffs. I'm like, actually, go ahead and beat the Vikings this weekend because if you beat the Vikings, then you know what your reward is? You need to play the 49ers. Who you know you've done very well against the last few years. Uh, so go right ahead and beat the Vikings. Um, but to get a little more, you know, detailed, the the Vikings will win if they if they find a way to run the ball effectively because the Packers' run defense is one of the worst in the NFL, and I think that kind of um got away from the Dolphins last week. They did really well in the first half running the ball. Then for some reason the second half they were like, mm, let's just have two or throw interceptions uh all second half. Um and they got away from that because um the Packers rank last in the NFL in the last six weeks in yards per carry allowed at five point three yards per carry. I know Dalvin Cook hasn't been the best this season or the last few weeks. But just just find ways to get him the ball effectively, get Alexander Madison in there. Ty Chandler is going to be healthy this week. He just got activated off injured reserve. Maybe get him in there, get him a yeah. few looks. Um, just just find ways to run the ball. Dalvin Cook had four touchdowns in Lambeau two years ago. He can he he can play well at Lambeau. Um, you know, no, there were no fans in the stands, but uh, that's why he was able to do the Lambeau leap. Um, but um, get 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 Dalvin the ball. And uh, I think good things will, will come of that for, for the Vikings. The Vikings will lose on Sunday to the Packers if what happens. Their defense doesn't make the key stops. Um, you know, like the Packers, I have a hard time taking the Packers seriously in this game. That could be a quote that bites me in the ass come Monday morning. But, yeah. I mean, they're, they're talking about getting guys back. Like Christian Watson if he doesn't play what it's Mm -hmm. Alan Lazard, it's Romeo Dobbs. Like Romeo Dobbs is nothing more than a souped up Marquez Valdez. Scantling. Like he's not this franchise game changer. The Packers thought he was in preseason. We want to look at bad preseason takes. We can go back and find the receipts uh, from preseason games there. Um, Also, you know, Packer fans after uh, Christian Watson got hurt in Buffalo. Also some interesting receipts to dig out there, but it's like, okay, well we could get Christian Watson back. Okay, good. Good player. Uh, we could get David Bakhtiari back with two bad knees. Okay. Um, you know, I, I mean like the defense is going to be key because Matt LaFleur knows what Kevin O'Connell wants to do. He, they were both bred at the altar of Sean McVay. <laughs> I don't know. That's the other thing. Matt LaFleur's shine is kind of worn off. Like he just looks mm-hmm. like the guy who's just been kind of riding Aaron Rodgers, And now he's just kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's mm-hmm. happening. We're losing. What's what's going on. Um, defense. It, they have to show up, I think. And they have to put an end to this game early. 
Because I think if the Packers jump ahead, if they cut out to that big lead at Lambeau, it's going to be hard to make a big comeback. So I think the Vikings need to jump ahead and whatever. I didn't really answer your question, but I kind of did. <laughs> he said defense. If their yeah. defense doesn't, you know, take care of business pretty much. Um, right. I actually think that the fact that this game being played outside is is more of the Vikings' advantage. Because I think if it was inside, I'd, I'd worry probably a lot more about their defense. Because Daniel Jones just passed for, what, 300 yards mm-hmm. against their defense. So, um, yeah, forced turnovers like they've been doing the past few weeks. I, I think one thing, you know, Justin Jefferson is going to be a big topic going into this game. I think they got to not force the ball to him, you know, as much as yeah. as they, they might want to. The Packers' pass defense is pretty good. Um, Justin Jefferson in uh, Lambeau, his two, his two trips to – the Green Bay have been not good. He has, I think he's averaging like 42 yards uh, per game. It's only been two games, but still. At the and same one time. One of those was with Sean Mannion. Yes, 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 yes. yes. point that out. Yes, but. yes. Very good point. Very good point. Um, at the same time, on the road this year, Justin Jefferson has been ridiculous. Uh, he's averaging like eight, eight catches, 139 yards on the road. So. If he's open, yeah, give him the ball for sure. But some of these, you know, trying to that's where I think the Vikings can get in trouble because this Packers pass defense is, is not it's not the Giants. It's not it's not the Patriots or whatever. It's like this this is they're pretty decent. So they're gonna take advantage of some bad throws that Kirk Cousins might have. And you don't want to give the Packers easy, easy chances because they're not good on third down. They're not good in the red zone. So don't give them, you know. Easy, easy chances that Aaron Rodgers is going to take advantage of. He's too smart. You know, he may not be playing his best football this year, but he still knows, you know, how to take advantage of of teams. Um, and I want to see more, like like you said with the defense, I just want to see more aggressiveness that they've shown the last few weeks where they've sent Patrick Peterson on a blitz. They've sent Brian Osimo on a blitz. Brian Osimo is getting, getting more snaps to be in coverage. Like, I need to see more more aggressiveness from this team um to get a win so final score prediction for sunday once I'm again gonna break, the, i'm gonna break my rule here because okay. this will be the week that they have one win by more than one possession and it's against oh, wow. the green bay backers <laughs> i'm doubling down 31 17 vikings oh wow i yeah, think I'm that gonna... the packers uh if watson doesn't play I don't know. What are they gonna do? Are they gonna make right with Aaron Jones? Like, I don't know. I'm gonna... I, I watch this team and I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. <laughs> you shouldn't be. So, they're, so not they, they're, the not says they're not good. The data, the, the 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 most important piece of data out there is the standings. And the standings say Packers not good. They're probably not gonna make the 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 Packers and Lions is gonna be like a winner goes home like winner leaves town match or loser leaves town yeah. match. um so i just hope it's the same thing they that viking fans experience like vikings bears last year where it's like this doesn't matter like none of this matters and i don't know maybe aaron Rodgers can throw for four touchdowns and do a gritty um or something <laughs> i don't know please don't but, please don't do that aaron Rodgers. Yeah. um my score prediction is going to be 24 22 Vikings, so they win, and then Vegas still wins because the Packers won't cover. Or wait, no, wait. If the Packers win by two points, that would be yeah. They have to win by four. 
So, okay. So Never mind. 24-21 Vikings then. Um, my clever uh, score didn't really work because I didn't think it out because I've been off all week. So, uh, 24-21 Vikings. And, uh, yeah, the Vikings will, will keep pace with the number two seed. I think the Eagles are going to lose again this week. And then next week, it's just going to... Might 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 get the number one seed. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. So that that's it for today. It was fun, kind of looking back at everything that happened this year. It's been a crazy year. I think it'll go down probably Vikings history as a very important year for the franchise. And hopefully, it's the beginning of uh, a new era, or it is the beginning of a new era, a good era uh, for the Vikings. But that's uh, that's that's all our show for today. We will be back. Next uh, Monday or Thursday, not sure, because uh, supposed to be off on Monday, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, because it's the new year. Happy New Year, everyone! Happy early New Year! Happy holidays! Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and like this video. Make sure to follow the Vikings on Twitter and Facebook, and the audio version of this podcast is also available. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, Chris and I will talk to you later. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.